Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host, Paul Arnold. I'm joined by Ernest Watts and my son, David Arnold. David Arnold's back from Double Secret Probation. Uh, that's a reference for old guys and for David. Do you know what that reference is from? What movie? Well, I, I was the president of a fraternity. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Animal House. Yeah, so, Animal House. Yeah, which was, which was filmed on the campus of what college? Uh, Winthrop? Oregon. Yeah. Thomas Cooley. University of Oregon. Oregon. Okay. I didn't know that. That was guess, good. Yeah, it was one of those area. movies that I loved as a teenager in, in college, but then when Dave was growing up, I'm thinking, how old does he have to be to watch this movie with me? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's some few scenes in there that, you know, adults mention. Yes, yes. Donald Sutherland's rear end would probably make it an 18-year-old movie <laughs> or not. I, and Karen Allen without any clothing also. Um, there was a third, there was a, another lady that I particularly was fond of, uh, but anyways, that's a, this is a PG type of podcast. Okay. We'll keep moving on. Um, so we're here talking about sports and who knows what else it's called part in the confusion for a reason. We're just three guys that just like talking sports and whatever else comes in the conversation. And right now we have a plethora. That's the word of the week, a plethora of sports to choose from. Uh, we have the NBA playoffs. We have the NHL playoffs. Uh, and NHL always um, is interesting, but NFL is still making news as well. So we might even get a little soccer talk, you know, a good couple minutes there. That's what I'm here for. Yes, here definitely. For. But let's start with the NBA. And the playoffs are in full swing now. So I'm going to ask you guys, based on this week's games, which one of these players is the best, better playoff player so far? Is it Trey Young hitting the big shot in New York to the boos of the crowd? Is it Embled or Simmons and for the 76ers? Is it Jokic for the Nuggets? Or is it Doncic for the Dallas Mavericks? Ernest Luka. Luka. Luka, yes. Which, they dominated which two, not only did he dominate two games, they put the best two players of the Clippers to defend him. The glove... The modern day glove, quiet Leonard. <laughs> not Gary Payton. Not Gary Payton, or Gary Payton Jr. for that matter, is with the Warriors. Uh, you know, he supposedly the best defensive player in the NBA could not stop him. He scored 19 against him last night. So, I mean, we all felt like the Clippers were a joke. I mean, they basically tanked the game so they wouldn't have to face the Lakers until they hopefully would get to the finals. When you do that, kind of signal what Ty Luce, what signals he's sending to his players we want to avoid this team because we think they're better than us it's called a white flag I, I think uh, yeah it's psychological and you know with the Mavs I mean it's Tim Hardaway Jr. and I know he's not neither one of y'all's favorite ball player but whoa, he's, he stays hot well maybe your dad's not your dad's favorite whoa player. Tim Hardaway Jr. played for the University of Michigan with I know but your dad has been sort of lukewarm about him in the past and let's face it, he's not consistent. But no, uh, he grows a mean LeBron James esque beard, though. I will say well, that. <laughs> well, better beard than his dad had. But uh, I mean, if he's as consistent as that, Boban has been the secret weapon because he used to be with the Clippers, and I'm sure he's telling them all the secrets. But again, Paul George shows that he's a paper man. He just, he just, when it comes to it, he can't perform. David, there's, what, there's, what's there's, the biggest surprise you've seen? Well, well there's definitely not a better recipe for, for someone blowing up as a, 
a player as skilled as Luca, who I think can make every claim to being the next greatest NBA player uh, once LeBron James retires. I think he's odds on favor, you know, to to take over that mantle. Uh, I think people have said that for a while, kind of can, thought that for a while, but it was. Can a, can a foreign player do that? Can can a foreign born player be the media sensation number one player in the NBA? Yes, because you talk about television rights there, Ernest. But I'm talking about I mean, internationally, yeah. Oh, and, well, I think. But uh, I mean, in America, I mean, Dirk I think Luka Doncic. If if we're gonna, yeah, Luka Doncic fits all the demographics uh, without getting too subtly. Um, yeah, he he looks the part, right? He looks the part that I think Americans, even though he's international, certain Americans might gravitate towards. Uh, but he's also got a little bit of a heel personality. He whines about every playoff call. He's fun. He's going to be fun to cheer against and to cheer for um, in a lot of ways like LeBron James. So Luka is definitely in the perfect situation right now, and he's proven, proven why he's had that mantle placed upon himself of being the next guy after LeBron James. And against the Clippers, there's something so rotten to its core about the Clippers organization when it comes to just not believing in themselves enough. I think Paul George probably, honestly, perfectly epitomizes the the entire culture of the Los Angeles Clippers, where where they can have they can have good moments, they can be good, they can do all the right things, um, but then when it comes down to it, you just know you can't trust them, right? And, and also, I want to say about Trey Young with Atlanta. <clears throat> That was really cool, him hitting the game-winning shot against New York, uh, using New York language. Uh, he might have heard that over in the taxi cab over. I think that's where he learned those words he was using after the game. Um, but honestly, it's a five, It's a what is it? A, a four or five matchup um, in the playoffs this year. I mean, honestly, this this is his moment because the well, Hawks nor the Knicks are not going to do anything. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm I'm just not overly impressed because Trey Trey Young is good and and everything, but as soon as he faces a legitimate title contender, I just don't see that really happening for him. And the 76ers are going to be the 76ers until they can prove they're not the 76ers and make it to the NBA Finals, which doubt they're going to do this year. So old story, right? Dad, what do you think? Well, well, well let me a couple of points before you go to your dad. Hey, let's let's sing some praises of. Rick Carlisle, because people seem to forget he has an NBA title, and he took the Mavs to the finals twice. So all we hear about is Ty Lue has a title. Ty Lue, yeah, 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 yeah. So does Rick Carlisle. The, if, and I'm going to ask both of you this question. You're a media specialist. you got the big money to push somebody. Are you going to push Luca? or are you going to push Zion Williamson? Who's who's gonna be the next save? Who gets the attention? Yeah, okay. Zion gets the attention, but Zion's not gonna do that in the playoffs. I don't think ever. I'm not. Yeah, high if on they Zion. get to the playoffs first. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm not particularly high on Zion because a he is extremely skilled and uber athletic and uber marketable, but I I don't see his skill set lasting in the NBA in a meaningful way, um, and also. He can't do the things Luca can do. Uh, he can dunk and he can make that look flashy and cool. But but we're in a um, you know an advanced metrics era where Luca can shoot the three lights out. You know Luca can score at will doing whatever he wants. Zion can drive to the hole. Right? If we're playing in 1985, 
is Zion being beat by anyone. Uh, I don't think that would be the case. It's like if Patrick Ewan was uh, an athlete a hundred times, his, his ability as a player. And I know he was athletic before the nineties happened, but no, Zion is more marketable, but Luca's the guy. Luca's the guy. That's how it but is. You know, they, they try to push marketing towards the flashy guy who appeals to young kids who know the other thing about analytics. I mean, look at Blake Griffin. You, you know what? Five years ago, was... Blake Griffin was the jumping over Kia's at yeah. a dunk championship. I mean, you know who's never participated in a dunk contest because it didn't matter to his marketing? LeBron James. Yeah, Why? Because he's got five. rings. If Luca gets rings, he's going to be more marketable than Zion. That's that's kind of my feeling on it. Dad, dad, okay, dad, breakout player. Who do you have? Well, um, I think the 76ers, we've always played them down this year because their track record has been so bad. And I think what we've underestimated is Doc Rivers maybe had done a great job out in with the Clippers and we didn't realize it because without him, they're really tanking quickly. And if he can turn around the 76ers to do a great run here, then maybe we say he's a better coach than we thought. And I think he's got those players playing their roles a lot better. So I, I sort of like what the 76ers are doing. I think there's enough money and marketing to go around. I would love it to see if the NBA could have two rivals in like a magic bird type situation. Why not have Luka versus Zion or some type of playoff for you have two guys who meet a lot in the playoffs, young guys, and start playing that up. Maybe we've moved past that. I was thinking earlier, who is the greatest uh, NBA playoff player you've seen besides MJ, Ernest? I was think we'd look back and think, oh, that guy in the playoffs was a monster, he was a beast, and MJ always comes to mind. But if you're not talking about Michael Jordan, who else are you thinking about? Oh, Bill Russell. I know, no but that's so old. I mean, I think half oh, the so audience will listen. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, there are four guys. Bill Russell, Magic, Bird, and Kareem. Are we talking about clutch moments or clutch games? Uh, winners in the playoffs. How about Ray Allen? One playoff game. One? I know, but that is the clutchest shot of all time yeah. ever taken okay. in the history of basketball. Yeah. I think how many how many games Magic win? How many Bird? Oh yeah, win? I think I think Magic is up there just because like you don't go in as a rookie and play a position you don't know and et cetera et cetera. Magic is definitely there, right? Like like Magic is the guy. And, it, and Bird and Jabbar. About I mean, Rick Fox. <laughs> or Robert Horry. I mean, you gonna say Horry? Yeah, Robert Horry. <laughs> so Robert Horry so will, will make the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah. Steph How Doug, quickly we forget? I told you last week. I think he's a better player than than uh, Kobe. I think he ranks above Kobe. Yeah, Steph does. He just became the second oldest guy to win a scoring title at age thirty three. Hard to believe he's thirty three, isn't it? Yeah. How about Tim Duncan? Does he get any love for you know pulling the big his fundamental? Team How about Ginobili? I think Ginobili well, is a guy that kind of stepped up as as. The clutch moment person. There's there's actually a stat passed around uh, during the, the LeBron Steph playing game a few weeks ago or last week, um, and they broke down you know clutch moment shooting percentage in the playoffs as defined by uh, it was like game within five with three minutes left in the game. 
Uh, and LeBron James ranked second all time in, in playoff quote unquote clutch moments. Uh, and, and Manu Ginobili was actually first on that list. But you know, uh, I, I can't think of him without thinking of Tony Parker. Yeah. They yeah. were so much of a, I mean, that's probably when you look at, at great groupings, the, the Duncan Parker Ginobili kind of goes with worthy magic and Jabbar and Russell and Havlicek and Kuzi and those it, guys. It's I mean, a shame we can't get Damian Lillard uh, with, with a, an all-star, uh, an all-star big. Because I think Damian Lillard could easily be oh. one of those guys. In fact, I think he's done it as much as you could possibly expect him to do it in the playoffs considering um, the cast around him. You know, he's an all-time great. He's kind of, kind of like in the Dominique Wilkins mold maybe yeah, where he's that's a great, a great player. Good, good. That is a good comparison. That is a great comparison. I've, I've tried my entire life to hear that from you, Ernest. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. I like I like that. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I mean, Dominique was that type of player, even though he had some decent Austin, uh, Antonio Carr, and, and uh, John Sally around him, but, but really never had that second star. Well, Mr. Big Shot, Dad. Yeah, Mr. Detroit Chauncey basketball zone Chauncey. He Phillips. took that on his own. He only had one really big year, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, well, yeah, that's going to bring up the NBA, the Basketball Hall of Fame is the easiest Hall of Fame to get into. I mean, it's every year they bring in fifteen people, and we really need it's 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 more it's strange that we got a college basketball Hall of Fame and a basketball Hall of Fame, and you know, guys can belong to two, but NBA players don't have one that had great careers. You know, Ben Wallace, and I know you're going to say he deserved to be in, is the first non-drafted uh, player to make the Basketball Hall of Fame. Averaged only seven points a game. Yeah, I think there there's a spot in Hall of Fames for the special, for the unique specialty guy who does one thing so great that, that it overshadows everything else. Like, uh, so, in the Hall of Fame? so the kicker, yeah, yeah Robin's in the, you know, the kicker in football, the kick returner, you know, yeah. Devin, if, if, if Ben Wallace, you know, does Devin Hester deserve to be in the NFL Hall of Fame? Well, because if he, if he does, I would say yes. Same to Ben Wallace. So the difference with, with football is you have three separate, completely separate units. You have offense, defense, right. you have special teams. Whereas basketball, you you know you've got to play both. Yeah, Rodman's in, but his rebounding numbers are so extraordinary. Uh, again, to me, Ben Wallace was borderline. Well, but he me, wasn't the only one in that class. There were quite a few that I thought. Let, let me really, let me not make the case specifically for Ben Wallace, but let me say in the NBA because the history of it is so dominated by specific players and teams. You know, the Lakers have. You know, twenty what was it? Eighteen titles. You know, the Clippers have what? Or I mean, the Celtics have what? Like twenty-five titles. You know, so it's it's Bulls, Celtics, Lakers. Bulls, Celtics, Lakers. Forty-five percent of all the championships. Yeah. Are so, teams. so there's something uniquely special about the teams that are able to break that mold and win those titles in years they weren't supposed to, or or in cities they weren't supposed to. And I think the Raptors are the most recent kind of version of that. The Raptors. And the Pistons come to mind as two teams who who did that so successfully. And the Pistons were actually one game seven away from winning back to back titles. Uh, you know they beat the Eastern Conference Finals four years in a row. 
Um, if they won those back-to-back titles, I think we would actually give them even more credit. Uh, but Tim Duncan and the Spurs had to tear that down in 2005. Um, but but when you're a part of those teams, I think you take on a bigger role symbolically in the in the lore that is the NBA. Um, and so when you're a player like Ben Wallace on one of those teams. Well, um, and I don't mean just to pick on him. No, Rick, yeah, Rick, Rick Adelman does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Rick Adelman was a mediocre coach. Bill Lane Beer's not in the Hall of Fame, is he? Should Rasheed Wallace be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah. If, if you're gonna put me on, yeah. It's those standards. I mean, he is. Here, I, I'll, I'll speak to someone that I watched as a kid. Bobby Dandridge does not need to be. He's Chris Middleton. <laughs> Bobby Dandridge is Chris Middleton. All right, same player. He got two titles, and like I said, Cotton Fitzsimmons does not. Howard Garfunkel just goes in because he runs the five star camp. <laughs> okay, Dad, Ernest just named three consecutive <laughs> names that, you that don't I've know. never heard in my I life, know. and I and I, I consider myself a basketball fan. <laughs> do you think Tony Kukoc is in? Do you think Tony Kukoc deserves to be in? Do you think it partially is because of the contribution of him being a European import and really like the first big name guy to to star over there? Uh, also, I would say if you played on the Bulls. Uh, played on any other team that wasn't the Bulls, maybe he would have gotten a little bit more shine. It's insane to think that the Bulls added him after Scotty and Michael. He did. Um, he played for the Bucks. Well, he did. That's right. He was high. He was very highly paid. Uh, I mean, it, to me, I mean, he was. Was he ever an All Star? Maybe a cultural know, contribution. I, I just don't. <laughs> I don't think you'd be in the Hall of Fame unless you at least in five All Star games at least. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. it's, it's again, it's so weak. One of us will probably get nominated next. Chris Bosch, to me, was borderline. But he went in. I, again, it's, it's weak. It's weak. I used to think the NFL Hall of Fame was weak. This is weaker. I don't, have a, I don't have a bell, so I'm going to hit my glass okay, with my iced coffee. And I, can you hear All that? Right. Was it good? Was it loud? Yeah? Cool. Sounded like you flipped a coin or something. Not a cappuccino? <laughs> Not a cappuccino. Yeah, well, that's a, another sidetrack. If you are if you want a nice, cold, caffeinated drink during the summer, what are you drinking, Ernest? Diet Coke? Diet Coke. Hold yeah. standby, yes. Yes. David, what are you drinking? Water. 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 He's being pop, healthy. Pop kind of has that, pop kind of has that, like, stay around taste that yeah, I don't really like it, when it's hot up. Yeah, I agree. All right, that's my technique to move you guys on to a player we all know and sort of love, Adam Vinatieri, the famous kicker who retires as the top scorer in the NFL, 48 years old. Um, And as I looked it up, the top 20 scorers in the NFL are all kickers. So my question to you, Ernest, who is the first non-kicker in the top 50 scores in the NFL. I'd be Jerry Rice. You are right, Leather Breath. Um, he is number 38, and the very first running back is number 58. David, you want to take a guess who's the highest scoring running back in NFL history? I was going to say Emmett Smith, maybe? You are right. Oh, So I'm you right. both are right. Um, we go to so, double jeopardy now. <laughs> well, Adam Vinatieri is first with 2,673 points, then Moore Anderson at 2,544, and then Gary Anderson at 2,434. So kickers dominate, of course, because they're always in there. Um, but, you know, Adam Vinatieri had a long career with New England Patriots and the Colts. What do you remember best about Vinatieri, Ernest? 
beating my Panthers in the Super Bowl uh, after uh, after our kicker, John Casey, had kicked out of bounds and gave the Patriots the ball with less than two minutes to go on their own 40-yard line. And Brady gaining about 25 yards, setting him up for the kick. And the first Patriots Super Bowl when he kicked the field goal to win it. I think the first out. Patriots Super Bowl is is the moment. Right? Well, the Panther one's more heartbreaking to me because <laughs> so, we had the lead. But, uh, you know, he, he went to FCS school. Didn't he go to North Dakota State or South, South Dakota State, I believe? Is where, and he got it started in NFL Europe. So, Would that make him a jackrabbit? Ooh. I think yes. that's their nickname. Yes, he's a jackrabbit. Jackrabbit. There we go. Right. Da- nice, David, nice do you want to guess how info. much money he made during his 20, 24-year career? Oh. Here's a clue, David. Remember, in the under, NFL, $110 million. The longer oh. you play, the more you make. It's, well, it's the minimum contract goes up. Not quite. $49 million. Forty-nine. He didn't get. He didn't get five million. He a year. did not make big money early on, and the crazy thing is, when you look it up on the internet, they always say he made this much in salary, but his net worth is only twenty-five million. I'm thinking, man, he's he's spent twenty-four million already. I guess yeah, fifty percent tax bracket. Oh, that's right. And then uh, agents and all other sorts of people, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So one other thing with the NFL right now. Uh, two guys are making a lot of noise about they may want to go different places. Aaron Rodgers, of course, in Green Bay, um, trying to leverage all the power he has to get them to bring in some experienced veterans so he can win the Super Bowl in this two- to three-year window. And then Julio Jones down in Atlanta, who's basically wanting out because he wants to win when he has a couple years left as well, and they already are stacked in Atlanta with wide receivers. So... Is this possibly the dream matchup to get these two together, David? It's a dream matchup in the um, NFC, AFC divisional round game, uh, maybe the wild card game. I don't know about the when it comes clutch time, you know, m- maybe not so much. Unless well, I mean, Aaron Rodgers the plays team, the Lions. I'm saying the dream. I know. I'm just, I'm just yeah. giving you a hard time. Okay. Of course. Yeah, of course. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, especially if he doesn't play for the Packers next year. Um, <laughs> and Julio Jones is, is a generational talent. You know, he's, you know, after Calvin Johnson, I think he's, he's number two as, you know, most dominant, greatest wide receiver of, of this generation. Um, my gosh, there's some, some highlights going around Twitter the other day of him at Alabama. And you're just looking back like, this is, this is a joke. It's amazing that the Cleveland Browns, uh, traded away their draft pick um, that ended up going to Atlanta and being Julio Jones uh, to sit back in the draft and, and get Brandon Whedon. Um, yeah, didn't work out for them. Um, yeah, Julio Jones is, is so good, and he, he has time left on the clock there. Uh, you know, you might you really can't expect him to play all 16 games, all 17, 17 games in an NFL season, um, but as long as he's healthy and ready for the playoffs – I mean, there's very few other duos I would want in the NFL right now than those two. Ernest? I am the GM, Gunderdust of the uh, Packers. Do not pass go. Do not click $200. Call up Atlanta and say, what do you want? Because the only way they're going to get Rodgers to show up for 
any training camp is if they get him immediate help. You put Adams on one side, you put Julio Jones on the other side, and teams are going to have to decide where the safeties are going to cover. You basically are going to own one side of the field. So, yeah, this 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 is a done deal. I know the Patriots are hard and hand after them, but, you know, there's salary cap repercussions because of this. You're going to have to move money to get him under because he has the biggest contract for a wide receiver. Uh, and probably you're going to get him cheap because Atlanta just wants some salary cap relief. To me, I don't think, you, know, I don't, I, you know, I – they said they want a number one draft pick, which means probably a three and maybe a five next year. You know, there there's a team that is not drafted in the first round for um, five straight years. Uh, Ernest, do you know what team that is? Is that the Patriots? No, Patriots drafted this year. It's not- the, the Los Angeles Rams <laughs> because they continuously trade their first round picks um, for players like this when they come available. This is what the Rams do. They love – you know, um, Mac McAvoy loves trading those picks for surefire players. Uh, and I have no doubt he'd be willing to give up two first round picks for Julio. I, I mean, seriously, my, my bet would be they ends up on the Rams because also you got to think about it. The whole, you know, Julio Jones in LA would be, you know, marketing galore, um, him, them or the 49ers. Those, those are the two teams. Cause I could see Kyle Shanahan also doing a similar thing. And really, I just really don't want to see him on the Packers. Like, I, I really don't want to see him on the Green Bay Packers. The Niners would have a hard time with the cap. You're going to look at a team that thinks they have to win next year. And yeah, that would be the Rams. Another, I got another team for you. The Raiders. Titans. Raiders just I, have cap problems. We hear about that. I've heard about that with the Titans. Yeah. In my mind, they are in the same division, but clear, obviously they're in different conferences. But, but so it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah they, they'd like to trade him out of the conference because you don't want it to face him. You, you don't want one of those stories. That's, that's you're keeping him close to home as well. Yeah, I mean the Titans—they got Corey Davis, they got a, a, a hammer at wide at running back. Uh, they're a team that thinks they're one or two players away from being a Super Bowl contender. Remember now, they had, what, a 17 nothing lead on the Chiefs two years ago? I'll tell you what, Julio Jones has always wanted to play with a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill. Always. So, <laughs> Are you serious? Or are you no, joking? no, I was waiting for the laughs. There are no laughs. <laughs> Wait a oh, second. I'm hilarious. No, he just, he, he, just, he, he wants to go somewhere laugh. he wants to win. Uh, now he doesn't have veto rights, so he wants to go somewhere where he's going to be in the playoffs. I tease, I tease. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Just, it'd be hard for the 49ers and the Rams to pull off with their salary caps, but and, and you know things can be changed, contracts can be reworked. But uh, again, I would think somewhere out. I mean, the, the I, if I'm the Packers, I'm paying the check. Do we blame this all on Brady because Brady? Um, went to Tampa Bay, got some, you know, talked them into getting Antonio Brown there and Gronk there, and they won. And now, you know, Russell Wilson was squawking for a while. Deshaun Watson has his other problems, but he was squawking for a while. Now we have the Aaron Rodgers saga. It's these guys watching maybe LeBron and other players using their uh, persuasion and using their position to get what they want earlier so is this going to be a new wave year after year now of these super important players doing this the nfl hasn't worked out for watson has it well there's other consequences there 
I mean, not NFL. No, it's 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 not the NBA. I no. mean, the NBA, you're one of fifteen. NFL, even a quarterback, they're always looking for someone younger to replace you. I think you the Packers. I think you've the nail on the head, Dad, because the NFL. It's weird because they're such a spaceship, right? They're they're above every other professional sports league. They're miles ahead when it comes to, you know, game day atmosphere, TV revenue, et cetera, et cetera. However, I think like the social media world is kinder to to places like the NBA, um, specifically because the NBA has a lot more games. The seasons are longer, so it just holds your attention. You know, night in, night out, and the NFL, you know, only has games once a week. They need the drama like this. It's good. It's good for the NFL to have this kind of drama. So I suspect you're going to see this happen more often than not, especially when you've got Tom Brady winning all the Super Bowls, and there's really nothing exciting about Tom Brady. So as I much think as I he's the exception to the rule. I mean, they pretty much quarterbacks on a year basis. Look at Mitchell Trubisky, who had a fairly decent year last year. If you don't produce, you're gone. I mean, Brady is, he's 44 years old. He is the exception to all rules. Uh, quarterbacks are always traded. Everyone, Johnny and I has got traded. Joe Namath got traded. Brett Favre got traded and everyone gets moved. Players in the NFL will never have the ability to form teams like Brady's done. That's, that's, that's the that's the unicorn. I mean, basically it. Packers are probably looking to how to package this and work this out, but they've already gone through this before with Favre. They're going to do it with Rodgers. Uh, 50-50, he'll be there. But no, I mean, again, even a quarterback's one of 11. And there's always some new kid in town playing college ball. If you get a top five pick, you can replace him. So on Dan Patrick's show, they recommended or said, why don't they trade Love for Julio Jones? <laughs> and I'm thinking that's never yeah, going to happen. Because Matt Ryan Green, would really like that. Yeah, Green Bay has always bought into their small market. They do things long term. They don't mortgage the future for one year. They just never do. They never go out and buy tons of free agents. And, and But even as much Aaron Rodgers wants that to happen, I don't think they're going to change it. Um, moving on to the real football across the whole world, that is the soccer we know, the sport we know as soccer. The big headline today is Zidane, the coach of Madrid, has reportedly resigned. And I recognize this guy. He was a great player in his day. But I'm thinking, is this really the biggest story in soccer right now, David? This is the guy that, that uh, headbutted um, an Italian player and got a red card in his last ever... But he was a famous um, yeah, goal scorer when he played Cup. for his country. World famous Cup. goal scorer, won World Cups, uh, played for Real Madrid, played for for Juventus. You know, the biggest, one of the biggest players in, in the world for his time. Um, you know, he also he's won three Champions League cups, which is the biggest, you know, achievement possible in soccer uh, for Real Madrid. Um, yeah, this is a pretty big story, all things considered. Um, however, it wasn't terribly unexpected because um, things had just run their course in Real Madrid. And we're seeing a huge thing right now where, where the biggest clubs in the world have bought. You know, there's no salary cap. Um, so imagine, you know, like the Yankees in baseball. They've bought all these biggest players in the world and they've given them contracts so big that now these players are getting older 
or are not turning out as successful as they want to. And the soccer clubs cannot get rid of them because no other club in the world can pay these players except for like top three or four clubs in the world. And so the players that aren't top quality anymore. So actually the biggest story in the world right now is still the fact that, uh, you know, the super league did not happen. Um, and so now you've got all these top clubs unable to buy newer young players. Um, and they're stuck with these older guys. Uh, and so it's kind of these economic ripples that are, that are going through the soccer landscape right now. Uh, but also you've got the European championships. This is the halfway point between the last world cup and the next world cup. Uh, even though it's a little bit past the halfway point because it got delayed last year's European championships and the euros are definitely the number two, uh, international competition after the world cup out of all of them ranks above the Olympics, uh, ranks above any other continental, um, tournament. Uh, so you've got the England, England just named their squad for the euros yesterday. Um, so that's all the English media is talking about right now. Um, David, isn't yes. Harry Kane trying asking out of Tottenham Hotspur? Harry Kane, has, Harry Kane has asked out of Tottenham, his childhood club, which he's been there since the age of eleven. He's you know he's the top goal scorer. Uh, he won the Golden Boot in the Premier League this year. He's easily you know the top striker in the world right now. Um, however, this is what I was just talking about with the finances. Tottenham has him under contract for the next three years. Um, and so they, they've asked, they've made a, a price of $140 million. You know, whoever wants to cough up $140 million for this player can have him Problem is Real Madrid cannot afford him because they're in such tremendous debt, um, from overpaying their players and, and not getting as much revenue over the past few years. Um, Barcelona, Hello, Man City. Hello, Man City. Barcelona is in too much debt. Uh, PSG could if they want to, but they've got Neymar and Mbappe, so they're not going to. Literally, his only options are Manchester City, Manchester United, and Chelsea, which Chelsea is crosstown rivals um, with Tottenham, so that's not going to happen more than likely. Um, basically, does Man City want him or not? And the what the the major thing is because he's not going to want to go to Man United. They're they're not winning anything anytime soon. Man City has their eyes on um, Erling Holland, who is the you know twenty one year old wonderkin from Germany, um, who, who is originally from Norway, but he plays yeah. for Borussia Dortmund. Um, he's going to be for sale next season, more than likely, um, around the hundred hundred thirty million dollar range. He's twenty one years old, and he's more prolific than Harry Kane, or just as prolific. Um, Meanwhile, Harry Kane is 29 and has missed at least 30% of the last three seasons due to ankle injuries. But he's um, an icon in England. He, he is the English star. He is an icon he, in England. He is, and you know, he even looks like it. He's a mouth breather. Um, <laughs> li- literally, he is. And uh, he just looks like your good old-fashioned English guy, right? He doesn't bad, look... Bad teeth and all, right? He's very unassuming. He's very unassuming. But he's, he's the hardest worker um, he's not overly athletic. He's just clinical. Um, Man City's not going to really want him. That's the problem. I mean, they might want him, but their money would be well spent elsewhere. So I think Harry Kane will probably stay. So European and- championships are coming up. Harry Kane wants to leave Tottenham, uh, but might have priced himself out of the market by signing the contract extension. And the entire England 
nation wants all of their American owners to leave um, <laughs> their clubs because of the Super League fiasco. So, yeah, there is your soccer update, Dad. I'll get back to you in two more months when we're ready for the next update. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what would be the best stadium to go see a soccer game, a match ever, do you think, David? Okay, so I'm partial to Anfield uh, because the you'll never walk alone. It's a Liverpool you know, song, place. Chant, yes, Liverpool's Anfield Road. Um, Wembley is is the biggest one in England. Camp Nou um, is Barcelona's stadium, and that is supposed to be pretty spectacular. Uh, the stadium where where um, Bayern Munich plays. Uh, the the at least it was the Emirates Stadium. I I don't know what it's called now. It, it's pretty fantastic. And if you're going for views, uh, Monterey's Stadium uh, in Mexico. I, I forget the name of it. Um, look it up. Look up Monterey Soccer Stadium for honestly the most tremendous view you'll ever see from any sports stadium ever. The mountains are in the background, um, and it's just. It's breathtaking how beautiful that is. Doesn't the one in Brazil like hold like two hundred thousand people or something? Some gigantic yes, number. Yes, was was, uh, was was it the size of the ship? It's not yeah. the size of the ship. It's the motion of the ocean. But with that Brazil stadium, you get both. So you might be <laughs> a, a little nervy to go there. All right, Ernest. We have seven more minutes to go, and I'm gonna let you talk about the NHL. Your beloved Canes pulled one out the other night. Um, what do you think is the biggest story so far in the playoffs? <laughs> well, since I picked the Oilers to go to the finals, <laughs> they got swept by the Jets. I think the, the, I think there are several teams that are surprisingly better than I thought they would be. I think um, the Avs uh, sweeping the Blues. Uh, I picked the Avs to get to the finals. I think the Lightning picking up uh, Stamkos and, and uh, several other players that did not play in the regular season, they uh, even though they're having a battle with Florida, I think they're better than I anticipated. I think the goalies, I think Penguins going down. Uh, Jerry, their young goalie, made a major mistake in overtime in uh, just passing, instead of clearing the puck or freezing it, passing it right to an Islander. Uh, I think the Maple Leafs are better than than I thought they would be. But again, again, they're, it's been hard to judge because teams are still playing within their division, and so it, it's kind of hard to anticipate how good they are. I thought Vegas would be better than they are. So Vegas has not impressed me. With with the Carolina, we've had a problem with uh, one of our defensemen being injured, and scoring has not been particularly there. It's been a very physical series with the Predators. But uh, whoever comes out of that central division to play, uh, whether it's Florida or Nashville or Carolina, that's going to be a great series. And I think the Bruins against the Islanders is going to be great. I think the Bruins are better than I anticipated. Um, they dropped their first and then swept four games after that to beat the Capitals. There's just been some great physical, brutal series, some great goaltending and overtime hockey is there's nothing in sports like it now. I used a metaphor that we can't use, but when I was communicating with y'all, but it's it's that one sports situation where 
any mistake by any player can lead to a defeat. You're, you're always on the borderline of winning or losing a game in playoff overtime hockey. And the, the pressure is constant. And the longer it goes, fatigue and, and coaching, it generates so much. It's just so much great pressure that you see teams literally drain for the next game. And I really don't, you know, people complain about overtime in all sports. And that's, you know, we have the stupid shootout after a four-on-four in regular season. I like a game played until that's why I hate about football overtimes, you know. Play the game. Play the game like you have. Win it the old-fashioned way. But uh, impressive and a lot of young talent that we're going to be hearing about for some time. Right. But every series has looked very, very good. And uh, other than me putting too much stock in the Oilers, which I'm still <laughs> feeling bad about. Yeah. Uh, still some great stars like Aho and Natchez and Schwitschnikov for the Canes, uh, McKinnon uh, for the Abs. Uh, Stamkos for the light. I mean, there's a lot of great talent that, that you know, uh, really, I know we're all switching or putting our TVs on a little box in the corner, watching the NBA and watching the NHL at the same time. It's really a shame that both these playoffs are run at the same time because it, it's, like you said, just a smorgasbord of, of great sports from now uh, till, till actually the end of the year. Because as we said last week, we'll go from playoffs to the Olympics to the NFL. Right. And one of the things that David has always said about soccer players is that they're the greatest shape because they run a marathon basically when they're playing. But I think, David, how, what do you think about hockey players? I think we see their playoff beards and under and the way all, they wear in all that uh, equipment, and we don't realize what great shape they're in. I mean, if you see how fast they go up and down that – uh, rink and it's not just a little rink i mean they're covering so much territory so fast and taking huge hits do you think soccer players are number one and hockey players are number two david well let me just say this about hockey players one 90 second shifts right so but yes they're clearly going 100 percent for those 90 seconds so there's definitely something to be said for that but two i don't know if you know who phil kessel is Yes. Bill Kessel played uh, for the Penguins, the Blackhawks, the Maple Leafs, et cetera, et cetera. He's playing for the Coyotes. Coyotes. Yeah, He's playing Coyotes. for the Coyotes now and just set a record. Um, or I don't know if it's a record or if you played in a certain amount of games. Maybe it's thousandth goal or something like that. Uh, but they gave him a puck after the game and he got to smile with it. I, I need. I wish this was a visual for him. You guys need to look up the picture of Phil Kessel <laughs> holding this puck. Because he is he is five foot seven, two hundred and forty pounds, <laughs> and it looks straight out of a beer league. Um, it looks like they they pay him in hot dogs, uh, which <laughs> they, they might do. Um, which might be why the Coyotes were out of the playoffs the last few yeah, years. Yeah, but I'm gonna say is is no love for the hockey players. Huh? Sorry, that, that was he, you know, the Bartolo Cologne special. <laughs> oh, no, can, no. Can, okay, okay. can I can I can make counterpoint to this? Can I take a counterpoint to this? Yeah. All right, but I've got one more point after that. Go ahead. All right, okay. Hockey players have the highest pain tolerance of any other sport. Yeah, they do. They do. They do. They I do. mean, the, the physical pain, the pounding, the hitting. I mean, on skates, you get a lot faster than a football player does. Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Yager was a successful 
confident NHL player at the age of 45, and so is Chris Chelios. Yeah, so, because he camped out in front of the goalie. I mean, basically, that's it. So the, the most athletic hockey players are some of the greatest athletes in sports, without a doubt. But you don't have – being athletic is not a necessity. It is just a hopeful thing in hockey. Oh, where Who's more athletic? David, NBA players or soccer players? Soccer players. Oh, athletic. athletic. NBA. Okay, okay. NBA players are the greatest athletes because they're all... They're all genetic freaks. You have to be in the 99.9 percentage. <laughs> not I mean, the X-Men, okay? They are the X-Men. NBA players, you, you have to be the 99.9th percentile of height uh, to make it in the NBA, or you have to be Allen Iverson or Steph Curry, right? Like, how, how many underwhelming athletes under the height of six foot five are playing in the NBA? You know, none. You, you either have to be the, the, freak, the freakiest athlete... Or, or live in 1955 and be some short Jewish guy playing for the Boston Celtics, right? Whoa, uh, those are whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> well, welcome to cancel culture, folks. We just reached it. I don't think uh, that, is that outrageous. Are you talking no, about Kinsey over here? <laughs> no. was Catholic. Oh, was he? Bob Cousy was Catholic. He yeah, went he to Holy the... Cross. Okay, okay. Right. <laughs> the, don't the don't, the... don't trish the guy. Don't don't crush the guy who invented the behind the back pass. All right. <laughs> he, he wasn't. He played at age forty five, so he was an athlete. He invented the behind the back pass. Yeah. Yes, he did. Tells uh, you all you need to know about the rest of the NBA at that time. Uh, I was going to say, well, yeah, but it was. <laughs> Fewer I'm, teams and fewer players. I'm purely teasing. Bob yeah, yeah. a great basketball player. No, but, but you can't limitate athletic athletes or athletes, whether right. their size or yeah. Or but the the NBA is 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 definitely supreme. All right, I gotta wrap it up here. I gotta break you guys up. One quick question around right now, and then we're gonna give you the last minute or two. Which sport of the major sports has changed the most in your lifetime, Ernest? <laughs> Oh, it's basketball. Okay, David. Oh, spread, passing. I think I think football actually might might take the cake on that, but basketball has as well. Right. You just I'll... told me Bob Cousy was Bob Cousy well, could play today. Ernest, I was born thirty years after Bob Cousy last played a basketball game, okay. so the uh, NBA evolved. I was not around when there was there was. Uh, I was not around before the advent of the three-point line. Yeah, I think the right. NBA has changed the most in speed, height, and the way that uh, the players are put together on a court. What used to be you had specific roles. Now you have all these roles all over the map. All right, Ernest, your last good two minutes. Uh, big shout-out. I'm not, I'm not a big Phil Mickelson fan, but considering that he just won a tournament which had the longest yardage of any majors of any time, down the road here in Kiwa Island, and I'm very familiar with that Charleston area where I was born. I mean, we thought DeChambeau was going to come in and, and win it. He was the favorite, or Brooks Kepka. But you have this 50-year-old guy who is now the long, oldest individual to win a majors. And let's face it, you know, Phil has kind of a marked history. He's got a gambling issue, and let's face it, he doesn't always give the best effort all the time. But it was exciting to see that crowd behind him on the 18th hole. It reminded me of Arnie's Army back in the 60s. 
I mean, there's a genuine love, and I think it's because there's a lot of 50-year-old white guys who are going like, if Phil could do it, I could get my car to be on the tour. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, is he top 10 all time? I don't know. I mean, Yeah, I think he is. You think he is? Yeah, I, I think mean, he is top 10 he's, all not, time. he's not top five. He's not, no. you know, but he's borderline maybe top 10. I mean, he, he's tied Trevino and uh, I'm trying to think who else. Gary Player? What, no, no, no. It's six majors. One of the guys who are broadcasting right now, uh, and I can't think of it right up top. Oh, Nick Faldo. You know, yeah, yeah, him and Faldo, they're all tied with six. And you put Faldo and you put Greg Norman. I mean, you start naming names and you go back the history a little bit. I don't know if he, he's borderline top 10, but he's a personality. And, and, you know, I feel bad because he's been on the, behind the shadow of Tiger. I mean, him and Tiger are the two dominant golfers of this century. And Phil, you know, he's a lefty and a little unusual, but uh, he pulled off probably the biggest sporting victory of this year so far. It's early. We're just in May. But, you know, people are going to say, well, Brady, yeah, but we kind of thought Tampa Bay would be one of the favorites as it is. This is an individual sport. And, it, it, again, uh, he's been inconsistent. He's what 167th in the rankings. So shout out, you know, for an old guy. Since I'm an old guy, nice. since Paul's an old guy, that's that's a David. You're good. Two minutes. I'm starting to feel old as well with <laughs> three daughters running around. Um, <clears throat> my good two minutes. First off, this is fun. I've enjoyed this, guys. Uh, I've missed doing the podcast. It's nice to be done with law school. Second, um, I'm an umpire. I'm a referee, kind of, kind of a niche now, trying to make for myself. Let's give a little love to the umpires of the world. Joe West, controversial, often maligned umpire, just umped his record-breaking 5,376th game of his career. That is a long time and a lot of games to be umpiring at the Major League Baseball level. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, I mean, 162 games a season you would think would be borderline the most an umpire could do. I guess maybe 200-plus, including playoffs. Uh, but divide 5,000-plus into that number, that's a lot of seasons. Um, but also, last month, this has been a heck of a, a two-month stretch for Joe West. Uh, he won a $500,000 defamation lawsuit against former Major League Baseball player Paul LaDuca. So... That doesn't happen very often. Defamation lawsuits don't are not often successful for many legal reasons. But Joe West won a nice handy five hundred thousand um, dollars against MLB catcher Paul LaDuca, um, former catcher, and then he uh, broke the record for umpiring the most games in Major League Baseball history. And he's a controversial figure, um, without a doubt. But that is pretty amazing. And as he set the record, and they honored him at the ballpark. Um, he was booed. He was booed by the Chicago home crowd. <laughs> so there you go. He, Joe West. Two bits of trivia about him. And he's always been referred to as Cowboy Joe West. Um, first of all, he recorded several country music albums. Awesome. And they're about as bad as his umpiring. Also, he was the starting quarterback for Elon University here in North Carolina. 
So he started as a college quarterback. Big news for former college quarterbacks. Dad, are you going to talk about Kenny Mayne? Well, he just retired. Kenny Mayne just retired. Yep. Yeah, refired. I don't know. Do you, do you know his claim to fame? Well, he was a quarterback at Fresno State. No, no, no. Las Vegas. Oh, Las Vegas. UNLV. Right. Not only that, he was a second-string quarterback. You knew who the third-string quarterback was? No. Randall Cunningham. <laughs> he was higher on the depth chart than Randall Cunningham. Breaking his leg changed everything. Huh? Well, you know, it's that's it. Put him in today. He'll he'll he will show up. I mean, he'll, he'll oh, yeah. he has that unique take. He's, I loved it. I loved that interview with Brett Favre about cryptocurrency. No, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Sorry, that's right. Aaron Rodgers. Sorry, Green Bay quarterbacks. But uh, Kenny Mayne will show up on some. I mean, podcasts are replacing aren't they aren't they huh? podcasts are where the money's at folks uh he'll show up maybe he'll be the next host on this show i don't he's, know he's maybe. really he's really the one guy besides dan patrick who you can definitive definitively be like yeah that guy can make it on his own you know for, of the espn alumni um all right folks yeah. we're done and my hot take real quick is i have a new mission in life i'm going to contact kenny main and get him on part of the confusion it's my new it. goal it's going to happen so for ernest watts and david arnold this has been part of the confusion if you want to get in touch with us email me at gobluearnold at gmail.com and we'll talk we'll figure out how you might be part of this podcast by submitting ideas or who knows maybe doing a guest Eddie. spot and so thanks for listening and have a good night see you guys later